The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Little Alamo Bowl talk, baby. We'll also dive into the college football playoffs. All that and more here on the Sooner or Later Sports Show. Man, it's been a bit. I'm your host, Jay. Thank you for pulling up here on the YouTube channel and listening wherever podcasts are downloaded and listened to. While you're here, please wipe your feet. Like, subscribe, rate, review. Give us five stars. You don't think you deserve it? I don't know. Just give us five anyway and uh, gifted. So, of course, we got the standard crew here. Myself with Coop. But we're going to dive into some fun stuff today. We're going to talk about a little bit of the Alamo Bowl. We'll recap some slight stuff around the recruiting class that just came through. We'll talk college football playoffs, Texas loss, and so did Alabama. And really, what does that mean? And then we'll wrap things up with the All-American game that went down today. And, you know, maybe some recruiting and a transfer portal update. You know, beard, mustache, bull, you know. Anyway, cool. How you doing, my man? Man, what is going on, Jay? I, I, it's been a while. It, uh, it, it feels it's like what, uh, it feels like been months, years. It's like like right before yeah, we have not done this since last year. That's, Actually, uh, that's exactly that's, right. It's been like a, a full. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that that joke's never going to get old because you know you can always say it, and it's so true. It's been roughly uh, last year since we did this. <laughs> yeah, but uh, man, I would have to say this is. Uh, you know, I, um, I I know we'll talk about the Alamo Bowl. Uh, I was doing some traveling with the fam, and we went to Dallas. And I sat in the uh, the courtyard of the Embassy Suites by myself um, because uh, we had a little early bedtime for the young ones. And so it's just me and uh, bartender was cleaning up. So she just kept on bringing me, uh, you know, club soda, um, you know, obviously no, 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 no alcohol at the moment, but like kept on just bringing, uh, bringing me club soda while I was watching the game. And so I kind of felt like I was at a, my own personal little watch party. Nice. And, uh, and of course in Dallas the day before uh, the misery game. So uh, yeah, so oh, the misery game. a lot to talk about, but uh, so a lot of fun stuff happening too. Yeah, we had a lot of things going on here or whatnot. I just spilled a whole bunch of water on my uh, laptop over here, so I had to grab my uh, grab, a, grab a towel real quick to clean some of it up, which is kind of fun. But, you know, the Alamo Bowl itself, I wanted to talk slightly about because we didn't really get to get into it, right? Yeah. Most of you have to talk about it. They saw my recap. I was traveling, too. I've actually spent the last week... For uh, yeah, yeah, last week, basically on the go. It's been crazy. Christmas was was pretty good. So Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to everybody on here. Um, mine was pretty wild. I had a nice little Christmas accident. So if you've noticed, I have my thumb all wrapped up. Um, it's been a uh, fun, you know, having a chopped up version of my finger floating around. Good. And so yeah, no, you know, you know, just the standard stuff. You know, chopping up food and your finger disappears. So, but my finger's still here. It's just a big chunk of it is now definitely um holding on for dear life so being digested always fun but let's talk almo bowl you said you were sitting there drinking watching the game joan well you know quote unquote club sodas uh in your personal bar how'd you feel about that game i didn't really get to get your thoughts on that one now that it's a week later you get to really think about it how'd you feel about that game i mean it's it's slightly more important than the spring game um but i mean just just as kind of what i felt like um, anybody losing their mind about 
anything. I, I, listen, the only player that I really got frustrated with was obviously Farouk. Um, just, you know, more than once. You can't do that. He's done that a few times throughout the year, just copped up the ball. Um, so, you know, that, that was it. Jackson Arnold, couple good defensive plays. Um, the guy went out there and just kept on slinging the ball, makeshift offensive line. Um, you know, it, it, it's crazy because when you go through that game, we statistically dominated every single piece of the game except for the turnover margin. And um, it's not a bad team. I mean, that is an up-and-coming team. That is a team that's on fire. It is a team that I promise you, if you are, and I'm going to keep it PC and family-friendly and all that stuff, but if you are teams that haven't done much for quite a long time in the, uh, the uh, Bless Your Heart Big 12 next season, you better, you better, you better go watch that game. Not to dog on Oklahoma, but to prep yourself for a little bit of a whirlwind because uh, that that team is that team is that team is fire. Um, and uh, yeah, so I mean, it, you know, I don't really don't really freak out much about that. Uh, you had bad games by two guys that you can't really afford. I mean, it's not bad games. It's, I mean, they were bad. Bad, bad, bad. Um, you know, Woody Washington had just a terrible, terrible game, and then uh, and then Farouk did. And so, um, you know, hopefully Woody comes back. Uh, I don't know what that conversation looks like, uh, but as he's coming back now, uh, was it yesterday or today that he declared that? Um, I mean, you gotta if you're Jay Valai, you gotta basically go out there and say, hey, listen, I want the top two guys out there on the field. I don't care if you're a freshman. I don't care if you're a transfer. I don't care if you're a senior, um, because uh, we are we are going to a place that you need to. You can't have games like that to where you are right. just you're just staring at the back of a dude's jersey all night long. So, uh, but again, Atlanta or uh, not Atlanta, Arizona is. I'm sorry, I'm keeping my eye on the Thunder, which are just absolutely just pissing down their legs tonight after beating Boston last night. Um, but you know, back to backs get you that way sometimes. So um, uh, apparently, defense they left back in Oklahoma City. Um, but anyway, <laughs> the um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys. This offensive line is going to be much better next year than it was in that bowl game. Um, that is an absolute, uh, you know, almost a solid lock. The way that you see some of the um, some of the stuff that they're saying about uh, you know uh, Heath Ozeda, Jake Taylor, some of those guys that just with uh, they're going to have another year, Smitty. They're going to have another year um, where you've got, um, um, you know, Bill Biedenbaugh's uh, got a chance to work with these guys. Uh, I I think that Simmons coming over from Michigan State is going to be good. Uh, But that offensive line was was, was struggle bus that, uh, you know, um, I don't think Everett really looked terrific. Uh, And I agree with Hank. We need Bates to play next year like he was the number one center in in, uh, high school uh, two years ago. And um, then uh, obviously you've got EPL, who a lot of people think is going to be a dude. You got Eugene Brooks, who is absolutely balled out. Gumi, um, the bro from London, um, you know he. So we've got a lot of good stuff, and they're not done in the transfer portal. But that offensive line is not going to look like that. I don't. I mean, it's literally self-inflicted mistakes, is what that what that was. Jackson Arnold held on the ball too long on several occasions. There were several occasions he didn't take off. Now, again, is that a, a situation where they're saying, hey, man, I don't want you out there getting yourself drilled all over the place because there's nothing behind you. 
Um, so is was it a DG type of deal from last year um, to where, you know, you don't do that. So, um, again, think of it kind of like the spring scrimmage, uh, spring game. You don't freak out about it. Um, that game is a lose-lose game. Nobody should have been on here being like, you know, I think it's good for this fan base too because instead of going into an offseason after um, after absolutely just drilling uh, them in the bowl game and, you know, going into overboard hopium, um, I don't think that that's a good idea. So it, it does keep the season in perspective. If you are one of the doomers, um, and I'm not going to bring out any people specifically, but if you're out there thinking we're going to go out there and get just ran in the SEC, you're out of your mind. This team's going to be much better. So, um, But that's what, that's what I think. I think it's a glorified spring scrimmage. Um, great for practice. Great for reps. It's good to see some of the young pups who couldn't play get out there and work. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it, you know, I feel good going into next year. I think it's going to be good uh, for this team to, to get back to work. Um, not a lot of stuff is uh, – not as a lot of stuff is going to be just disappearing. Um, you know, if you look at this team and you look at a topic we'll, we'll branch on here shortly, if you look at David Stone and another year of development uh, on a lot of other guys, I mean, there's not really a part in your team of this team that you look at next year and be like, that, that, that's going to be absolutely just garbage. And if you base anything off of, uh, the bowl game, don't. Please don't. Uh, just like you can't overreact to the Florida State game last year. Uh, but except for, yeah, 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 no uh, jet sweeps. There was no jet sweeps in there. Um, so there's that. So, um, but that, that's my ramble, my, let's see here, uh, six-minute ramble on on the bowl game. All right. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll leave it at that, Coop. That we wanted to hear what you had to think on it, and boom, we've got uh, Coop's thoughts. So, yeah, it's glorified practice, like you said, for the most part. You know, you, you like to win bowl games, but at the same time, the most important thing about those games, if it's not a – to me, if it's not a New Year's Six game, New Year's Six game, yeah. I don't really care about winning it. Winning or losing doesn't really matter. It's all about getting the young guys out there playing, right? New Year's Six, you want to bring your big guns out and you really want to ball out and try to show up. You know, unfortunately, Florida State didn't give us that with theirs, which leads us right into the college football playoff. So – Thank y'all for pulling up as usual. Please wipe your feet while you're here. Hit that like button if you're new to the channel. Subscribe. Also share. Why? Because sharing is caring. Channel doesn't grow without you, the people. And uh, yeah, it's been, like I said, about, you know, two weeks since we've been able to give you some content. So now we're here to really talk about it. But I want to dive into, yeah, and Hank, you're right. Those uh, 15 extra practices are huge for what you're trying to do in development, especially since it's funny because, yeah. and I think you, you made this point, Coop, going into next season, if, you, if you're a doomer, you're going to be a little disappointed because bringing back those big, bringing back all those defenders, Stutzman, Bowman, as well as Woody, just brings you experience that you need heading into the SEC. We play so many young players, and I've preached this numerous times, say it at nauseum. We, we had over 4,000 snaps from guys that were uh, freshmen, redshirt freshmen, or sophomores. So basically one or two-year guys. We played a lot of young ones. And mm -hmm. having a lot of having those veterans come back is going to do nothing but help accelerate them going into the SEC. And having a good defense takes a heck of a lot of pressure off of Jackson Arnold on the offensive side, which, granted, is the thing that you should be most excited about. We're going to have a lot of people on there helping – calm things down 
for Jackson to where he can really develop as a sophomore walking into one of the most hostile into the most hostile conference in college football. He's going to have a defense to help him. So transitioning that playoffs, baby. So how'd y'all feel about Texas and the Washington game, right? So this was Texas second time seeing Washington in a bowl game in, in the last two years. You know, they played in the Alamo Bowl last year in which Texas fans would tell you that, you know, Oklahoma lost in Alamo Bowl. You suck. But they lost to Washington last year in the Alamo Bowl. Um, And now my Texas fans in here that that come to this channel, you know, besides Quentin, Quentin's a troll. Uh, But, you know, like frightening all of them. They cool. They understand the game. They ridiculous when it comes to a lot of this. So, you know, we have appreciation for them unlike what we would have from um, a lot of others. But I wanted to point this out. Texas fans on the interwebs wanted to tell every single one of you all that if you don't win the playoff game, it don't matter if you won the Big 12 championship, it went to, to, you know, the playoff. It don't matter. That's what they said. They told us that. They've been telling us that for years. You know, me personally, I'm happy they finally did something with themselves. All that money, and they finally got something out of it, even though they did lose to Washington for the second year in a row, which warms my heart just as much as anything else. But Coop, when I watched it, my favorite part was how how this man right here really pissed off a Texas fan. This guy, Ethan Downs, right here, during the award ceremony that he received, for the Allstate Good Works team, which is recognizing college football players who perform exceptional acts of charity and service in their local communities, our guy, Ethan Downs, pulled up, made sure they knew the horns down the entire time, baby, threw those up there, and he hurt so many feelings. Like, it was so bad. He had some young lady on the interwebs sending him DMs, talking mess, like, I got to find this because it was like, man, she was mad. Cool. She was so real, mad. Real mad in the fields all the way. And I'm just saying this is there are three people in my life that can affect me that much. And they all sleep in this house. It, it, if one person affects you that much. Words, lots of words. <laughs> <laughs> Going. Like she just wouldn't stop. I'm looking at those hands. That's like a 40 year old woman. That ain't a, yes, like a, that's a grown woman, dog. And Bro. she mad. She big mad. Right. Big can, mad. Can, Couldn't even spell you're right. She was calling him oh, a P word like over and over. Dog, that just tells you how pathetic some Texas fans, not all, just say, I'm not all, some, some, you know, not everybody makes smart decisions in their lives and pick teams that aren't losers all the time. But it, boy, she was so mad. She was so heated. Like, I bet she would have fought the Allstate people if they would have gave her the opportunity or the time of day or the moment to be able to talk. That's how mad she was. It was, it was beautiful, though. It warmed my heart to see her just be so pissed off. It's like, dang, she mad. So we had to laugh at this because this just warmed me up as we lead into the game of uh, them boys uh, losing. And um, Texas taking that L to our compadres over there at Washington, <laughs> right? Karen, I, Karen wanted to talk to Ethan's manager. 
Karen wants to talk. James, you, you got <laughs> wants it. Wants to talk to eat. James wins. James, you win. The, you win the interwebs on that one. Beautiful. That was great. All right. Oh I'm man, straight. it just it just it right just hurts her little heart, bro. I am I am it's in tears on it. But Texas takes an L. Um, Coop, I watched everything in. I watched the entire uh, second half of that game. I missed the first half because I was on a flight, and when I because I missed the end of the Alabama Michigan game, and then I missed the first half of this one. When I got to watching it, first half, um. I, I, I got to know from you, like, like for real. Um, huh. Whew. How do we say this? Quinn was looking bad in this game, wasn't he? Um, I would say this. Did you see the, uh, the media, the media practice where they had the group of folks around arch and Quinn was sitting on the deal and he's like looking over his shoulder He's got nobody in front of him, and he's looking at this group of people around Arch Manning. If you've seen that picture on 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 the X, if you um, if you haven't seen the picture on the X, just go to the thumbnail of this actual video. Yeah. Okay. There you go. <laughs> um, if you if you wondered if Jay and I uh, discuss graphics ever, no, no, we don't. Um, no, we're just here. We're in sync. We give, uh, we give, we talk more about PG's graphics with PG than we do about our own stuff. So, um, but I will say this is now Quinn, Quinn looked bad. And what's crazy is, man, every single big game that Quinn's played in, he's balled out. It's, it's the, when are you going to just, you know, puke down your leg in the middle of somewhere where you shouldn't, um, Listen, I, I don't think Quinn Ewers is a bad quarterback, but sure as hell ain't a great quarterback. Um, Washington kept that game available and alive for um, for Texas. Uh, it should not. Was it 21-21 at halftime? Yep. Um, it should not have been that close at halftime. They shouldn't have been driving to try to win the game. Um, there was so much wrong, uh, so much wrong of you know about that. Uh, about that game, and um, it, you, you look at it as a was Washington just um, you know new to the scene, didn't understand what was going on. Um, I, I mean that that's that's just what I think. Um, and every single team, whether it's Texas, Washington, um, yeah, I agree, Brian. Um, but you know this was a very very lackluster that Alabama team. But they ain't it. Um, that Michigan team slightly better than I thought they were going to be. Um, just shout out to your boy. I got some wrong. We got some right. But I call. I think I called Washington and uh, and um, Michigan both in the in the playoff at the beginning of the year. But uh, I did too. So there you are. But I also called Oklahoma. So I'm a jackass. Um, but um, but uh, but I just I just gotta say this is uh, Washington is good and they. If they had anything resembling a running game, they'd be elite. Um, and that's just a struggle. And hopefully the Johnson kid feels better. But uh, but no, I mean, it, it looks like, uh, you know, I saw the uh, the APB, the MIA for uh, Xavier Worthy, um, Adonai Mitchell. Um, <laughs> bro. Uh, Mitchell had himself a little bit of a game. A little bit of a game. 
Um, and uh, so I would just uh, I'll, I'll say this is Washington's offense is legit. Uh, Penix Jr. is a guy that, you know, his first year at Indiana, I felt really, really, really good about, um, about him. He transferred to Washington, and for a while there, it looked like it was not going to be much of anything. Uh, but, I mean, Dew should have won the Heisman. Um, nothing against Jaden Daniels. Nothing against Daniels. But the three losses give me the edge for Washington. Um, you know, cause I mean, outside it was, was it the Arizona state game that Penix just basically did nothing, but I mean, like he, he balled out and they've got three legit receivers. Um, you know, the defense, it is what it is. I think it was a number eight, uh, was it a number eight, uh, number, it was a single digit defensive lineman and he was all over everywhere. And, um, and Texas just shouldn't have even been in that game, but Washington kept him around and, um, if Texas would have came back and won that game, I would have, I don't know, I would have petitioned something because nobody watching that game that doesn't have burnt orange boxers would have ever thought that they were should have been on the same field, much less the better team. But Washington had a couple of bad scenarios. It, it literally felt like in one of the worst playoff uh, groupings ever that Texas might just luck themselves into something. But they didn't. And we don't have to talk about that because they lost. So uh, hold that L. Um, every single Texas fan is going to talk about all the different crap. It, 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 I'm sorry. You guys were there. You didn't do it. The, your year's over. We're done talking about you. Um, I don't know if Quinn, after that big hit, I don't know if Quinn could have done a lot of um, mathematical equations or spelling contests because he did not look like he was in the same world. Um, and maybe that had something to do with it, but, um, Texas is going to have, uh, an interesting year next year because that, you know, with Malik gone now it's arch. Nobody talks about the transformer. Nobody talks about the other guy behind Quinn Ewers. Um, and Quinn's coming back because the loaded class in the NFL this year, but, um, right. You got a few receipts on Quinn being the number four overall pick in the NFL draft before the year. Um, but um, he, he ain't that. And um, it, it, this is what we talked about quite a bit, Jay, is, is Texas and expectations, they don't mix. Um, it, it just doesn't it, – it just isn't there. They're losing a ton on that defensive side. Before um, you get there, we'll get to that in just a second. Yeah. Give me, let me jump in on you on that um, with it. the Quinn piece. Yeah, he did not look good when I looked at the numbers going into the half, right? Like he got all his – all of his damage was second half. And like you mentioned, Coop, it really was a lot of what it was like Washington was kind of letting them in there, you know, the fumble and then the punt. And all of a sudden he had two, you know, them big drives, that touchdown drive. And then that field goal, you start to really see Quinn. It's like after he took that big hit, it looked like he was starting to like, it's like he figured it out and started to just like lob the ball in the air and his receivers already catch them, them beautiful passes. Like Winnington's catch was absurdly gorgeous right and then mitchell with the double clutch midair yeah ad mitchell that was just stupid good you can't i'm not gonna pretend like that wasn't a fire catch because it was but overall man quinn look it just did not look like it wasn't what i expected first half i thought that you know in his 300 and something yards i thought he would have had a lot of that most of that to start the game and it felt like most of it came in the second half but 
you know, but that, but that's the thing also about Quinn I've learned. I've noticed about him. He's more of a second half quarterback anyway. He starts off a little slow. Things don't go the exact way. And then he goes out there and he'll, he'll, he'll cook in the second half. Like in this one, uh, a lot of runs, right? Like that first touchdown drive, he threw the ball. He had a 31 yard completion and the rest were all runs. They basically just ran it down Washington's throat, right? That's what you saw from them going into there. Then from, from those punts, the next time they score, you got the Whittington master catch, and it was a lot of, you know, runs. Like, they were running it down Washington. And I think that was what wild to me is, why did they stop doing it, right? Like, why would you stop with the run when you really know you could have done that? Like, Sark, what were you thinking? We got it. We, we, we got the absolute king ding of everything. And it was, it was, it was James Droz, Texas, what happened? Like, it just, yeah. it just, that's what it was. I mean, you get right from the get-go, um, just having an idea and they're like, hey, let's, let's just knock it out um, and let's just go with it. Uh, in-game adjustments, maybe, uh, you know, Baxter, maybe Baxter, you know, had, did he, he had a fumble right at, at one point, so maybe there were some issues around that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you got to run the ball. I mean, with that offensive line, um, I don't understand. I don't understand how they didn't. And then I don't understand how you don't um, you don't make it. You know, make it your just automatic gameplay. I mean, again, they with seconds left, they're throwing the ball in the end zone to win. And so there's uh, there's that, but. You know, that game's completely different. And maybe the game is, you know, again, if they would have done this, what would have happened? Because you got to say Washington would have had opportunity. So, right. um, it's, no, I don't it's, argue that. Right. Yeah. Sark is, uh, again, it's, it's, it's elite. And maybe we toss the word elite around too, too frequently that you don't realize it. But, I mean, outside of what Georgia and Alabama has done and what, you know, LSU throws out once every five or six years, I mean, those are the guys who have been winning trophies. Um, you look at Ohio State, you look at Oklahoma, you look at a lot of these other teams that are Notre Dame who have gotten there several times and just didn't have the juice to do it. Um, you know, the, when you have a kink in your armor, these coaches will find it. The Bill Belichicks, the Nick Sabins, the Kirby Smarts. And it doesn't hurt that every single player on their team was a four or five star and the best person in the region um, in, in high school. So um, it, to overcome it, you, you got you to be elite at something. Sark has never been elite at the play call. He's great. He's a good play caller. That's not, that's not bad. Um, right. You know, Quinn Ewers is not elite. Uh, Dylan Gabriel was not elite. Um, you know, our defensive line is not, it's not good or great. It's not, it's not anywhere near elite yet. So, um, in order to do that, in order to win this day and age versus the teams that you get tossed in with, you got to be elite at a few different things. And, um, and, and you, you, you know, I don't know what it's like to be sitting there two days after the national championship with the what ifs. And it's got to be maddening, disheartening. It's got to have a lot to do with it. But um, man, I, I, 
I do feel for Sark right now because, I mean, like you can stare at that for an entire 365, wondering if you'll ever be there. The best quote ever was Dan Marino going to the playoffs and, you know, playing for an opportunity to go to, the, you know, for a Super Bowl uh, his first year. He said it out loud. He said, listen, I thought I was just going to be there back, uh, you know, every single year. Um, right. Never, never in. Um, and never so in. you've, uh, you don't want to, Eminem said it, right? Uh, it's your one opportunity. Don't do not miss your chance to go uh, to blow whatever. I don't. I can't remember off the top of my head, but okay. you got to take it. Take advantage of it. And so, I mean, it's kind of like us pissing down our legs against Kansas or Oklahoma State for this year. This was a right. wide open year. Um, now, I tell you what, college football got damn lucky that Georgia got left out because they had to probably. I would still pick them against this field. Uh, yeah, you know, I think Georgia's probably the team that uh, – and, and I think Georgia and Florida State kind of had a point in this one. Now, everybody talks crazy about Florida State losing that game to them, but they also had like 40 players opt out. Like, they – and I actually am on the side of the players on the opt out because I get why they did in that scenario. Yeah. All those dudes – all those dudes – none of those dudes opted out against us at the Cheez-It Bowl, right? They all showed up. They played us, and they said – we want to compete for a title. So what did they do? They went out and they beat everybody on their schedule to go to the playoffs. Didn't get in. So at that point, they're like, well, that defeated the purpose of us opting in. Our opt-in was to win the title, not to yeah. do this mess. So they all opted out, which I totally get. And they lost like three quarterbacks, you know, beard, mustache, bull. Anyway, but James here makes a fantastic point. I want to jump on this. Yeah. Like Rules, it. man. Why does the offense take a timeout if one of their guys get hurt in the final two minutes when they're trying to run the clock out? Right. Like, because th that baffled me. And that, that threw the game off to me, for real. Like, I mean, I understand John Johnson was hurt. Man, they should have found a way to wheel that dude off the field real quick so they could have just kept that going and just – just because the whole goal point was just, if you would have killed the clock, that game was over. Like, Texas should have never gotten that last drive. That injury is the only reason yeah. why Texas got that drive. And yeah, he that should have been it. But yeah, I thought that was a very fascinating piece. And thank you, James, for pointing it out because that was the one thing that kind of threw me off. I'm like, why the heck aren't, isn't the clock still running? And like, here's to why. Me, to me, the clock should have ran all the way through the play clock before the timeout. They should have gave them that because they were running the clock. <clears throat> we yeah. knew what they were going to do. It's not like they were going to go out there and try to score, score a touchdown. They should have had the full runoff of that play clock and then they should have stopped it but they stopped it so early. I'm just like, yeah, this is questionable. Very questionable. And, and here's why is it's the same thing. It's the same thing that you see on the, on defense when the player goes down with the cramps. I can't remember which bowl game it was, but there was one bowl game and it, it, somebody in the chat will, will help me out. But it was somebody like made a play and they were, um, they were trying to conserve clock and he looks to the sideline and then he like takes a couple steps towards the sideline, and then all of a sudden he reaches and he's like ah, and he like goes down, right? So um, on offense, what it is is if you got no timeouts, and again, a rule's a rule. The situation. So let's pretend that uh, Washington was going in for the game winner, and you've got 19 seconds, no timeouts. You fake an injury, and then he can go down, and while he's being attended to you can do some coaching and then they snap the ball right then and there. That's why it goes off. And so in order to do that, you do that. So you're like, Hey, listen, you can either have um, the 10 second runoff called by the defense or they have to pull a timeout. 
And so when Texas said, nope, we obviously don't want the 10-second runoff, they got to right. burn a timeout. So that, that, that's it. That's, that's why that is. It doesn't happen a lot, um, and, uh, but that's why you see you know, moments where Gavin Sawchuk looks at the sideline before he scores. That's why you see Samaj <laughs> Pirine take the knee at the one. Um, it is, you got you to gotta do that because they're always looking at clock management, which is why another reason why if you got your – you know, your young kids and your running backs and your players who have that much game time, um, you know, realization why a head coach would have struggles with it. So there you go. Yeah, it kind of, but it still annoys me though. It's like, but you know that they're going to run the clock anyway. So you can hit them with the 10 yeah. second if you want to. Um, I'm totally for that, right? Just hit them with the, hit them with, yeah. I, don't, I don't know that. You could have hit him with a five-yard penalty because you knew the clock was going to run while they wait for the player to get off the field. But it's like you penalize the offense for having an injury, but you ain't pen really penalizing the defense when they be faking injuries for their oh, bro. Uh, when they're trying to slow down tempo. Right? There's no yeah. penalty there. It's it's just the absurdity. But Britsky, appreciate it, man. Yep, coming into the year with the with the fresh look, Tanya mm -hmm. with a four ninety nine. Thank you so much. Lemon character doing shoulder shimmy dance moves. That's what I'm talking about. And good evening to you. We appreciate that, Robert. Thank you so much for that love. We try to bring you some of the fun, entertaining stuff on sooner stuff, and we're gonna talk a lot more sooner things in a bit. But I want to talk about that Texas game because you know, to me, the college football playoff committee got it right. Even though I still feel like Florida State should have been in, I just don't know which team you can really pull out. I mean, technically, if you pull out anybody, it probably would have to have been Alabama and Texas because you can't put one in and not the other based upon their backgrounds. And, Coop, I don't know if Georgia would have dominated either one of these teams. I think Georgia would have problems with Washington. And I say that because that Washington wide receiver room, dog, that's three number ones right there. They got three number one wide receivers. Yeah. They're talented and they run such pristine routes oh that, bro that, that's that that's that that's that veteran presence and i talk about this all the time so when um when 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 we talking about the players coming back for oklahoma that is the thing i'm talking about with that veteranness right you bring in a whole bunch of older dudes remember when oklahoma state had one of the top defenses in the country it was like two like 2000 2021 that was what two years Years ago, they had a whole bunch of super seniors out there playing on the defensive side. Yeah, same thing last year with TCU. They had a bunch of super seniors playing on the on the field. We'll look like that with our main guys next year, but we're still going to be bringing in the young dudes who have game snap experience. We're going to walk in there looking like a different team, which I am so excited about. And we'll sure up the offense. We'll talk about transfers in a minute. But Coop, let's talk about this Alabama game. Now that one was the game that. When I watched it, I'm watching it all the way up into the last drive. That's when my flight took off. And I'm just like, Michigan, first off, I tweeted out a long time ago, Michigan's going to win the national championship, ain't they? And they're going to vacate every single one of their wins, right? I, I just knew that this was going to happen. And guess what? It's looking like it's probably going to happen. And as, as much Harbaugh as Harbaugh is trying NFL. to avoid the conversation, yeah, you know what I mean? He's trying to avoid and pretend like this ain't something to talk Nah, bro, you better lose all the wins. Every single one of them damn things will get vacated. <laughs> and you're going, and, and he's going to the oh. league too. 
uh, you got to think that he's going to the league because he hired the agent that uh, that you know is really really tight with NFL franchises. Um, there's going to be some really good opportunities there. Um, again, yeah, it's I'm with you on that one. You're breaking up a little bit, Coop. I'm sorry. Can you hear me now? No, no. Now, no. okay. Thank you. Now, go. All right. So. I think Harbaugh's heading off. I think he's going to the league. I think that's going to be what happens. Um, the vacated wins portion of it, yeah, 100%. I'm, I'm with you on that one. Um, but I will say this is uh, Alabama looks like they did when we didn't think that that Texas win was, I mean, when Texas beat them, was that impressive. Uh, Milrow had had some struggles. They had issues with the receiving core. Um, I mean, it's 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 a... Uh, uh, that did not look like an Alabama team. Um, there were some, there were some good times, but I've never seen a Big Ten team just really come out. And um, I don't know if Ohio State and Michigan are getting closer because last year the Ohio State um, um, Georgia game, Ohio State had, I mean, should have won that game. Michigan beat Alabama this year. Um, what do you say about it? I mean, it, it, it's. It, it's 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 tough because you know you've seen the the Big Ten go into you know Big Dog SEC you know and, and just get embarrassed. Um, but that Alabama team, it it did not look like they had just leaps and bounds of four and five star guys across the board. Um, that offense was unpredictable. You couldn't hang your hat on it because you never knew was it going to be a struggle, was it going to be good. Uh, McClellan looked really good, at, you know, at some points, and then they had trouble running the ball against some points. They couldn't block up front, um, and so you saw, uh, you know, they gave up 41 sacks prior to the bowl game uh, this year. Alabama did, and uh, I think they had five or six in the game. I mean, it was it was pretty rough, and it's hard to win a game like that. And so, um, if you think, and I think that I may have said something about it, but like you know, an offensive line gives up 41 sacks. Um, in a year, you can't win big time things that way. And, um, they played lights out against, I mean, shit, they should have been eliminated by Auburn. Um, that, I mean, that's still maybe the dumbest play that I've seen this year. Um, but they should, uh, they beat Georgia, which is what they were supposed to do. Alabama did what they were supposed to do. So I agree with you on the whole, like, think that maybe Florida state should have been there, but who do you knock out? Um, that Alabama game just was, it was just. It, it was just odd. It was just odd watching it because watching Michigan do that to them just was odd. You know what's what's, what's interesting about that? I asked the question, how the heck could Alabama beat Georgia, right? Mm-hmm. It's like when I went back to look at this, I'm like, wait, how? Like it's, it just didn't make any sense to me in seeing the way Georgia Alabama played against Michigan and how Georgia played well, Florida State. I don't really count that game for them because, you know, like I said, most of them left. But how did Bama beat Georgia the way they did in the, the SEC championship game? Like, I don't think Georgia Alabama's a bad team. Like, don't get it twisted. Like, it's it's Bama, it's Saban, it's you know, the legacy, it's the greatest coach in college football history, right? But and it's funny because Georgia has lost two games. They're 30 and two in their last 32 games, right? 
the two games they lost are the SEC championship games to Bama. <laughs> so in this long winning streak, they've lost two, two championships, conference championships, and they won one. They're they're one in one and two out of the three games and could not win the thing, right? And but they the only two losses are to Bama. So it's fascinating to see that. And then Bama loses to a, both two playoff teams this year. They lose and we say it's a bad bad season for them. They lose to Texas and they lose to Michigan who are both in the playoffs. Like I get that we want to say that the Saban dynasty is done, but I think the difference is is that he's playing with a lot of uh, I think you're probably right. It is me breaking up. It's my internet must be acting weird again. Um, it's that Saban and him are playing with younger players while Michigan and Washington are playing with a bunch of veteran players, right? They're playing with the older guys. They're playing yeah. with guys that have years of um, experience. They've got the super seniors. So, but this is the end. We're about at the end of the road. Next season, I believe, is the last season you will see yeah. the influx of super seniors because them COVID seasons are about to be used up. We're done. No longer around. It's a wrap. Time to move on. But Michigan, though, Michigan did everything that I, I can see us doing in the future. We talk about... Um, we talk about how we want the trenches to be strong. We want to go out there and bully people. Just like we bullied Texas when we played them in the Red River rivalry and the way that Schmitty brings back what we used to do in the early 2000s era of Oklahoma football. That is what I'm expecting out of us going forward is similar to what Michigan is doing. Sharon Moore is doing what we used to do with Schmitty back in the early years of Oklahoma when he played here. Looks the exact same. Muscle, push people yeah. around with a bunch of three and four, three-star offensive linemen. Like, they ain't really got no five-star offensive linemen on that team right now. Not the one starting. Go look it up. Somebody actually pulled up all the players that Sharon Moore had got, and I was just like, dang, they really ain't that impressive. Like they're not, uh, they just, they're developed. So I anticipate we should see something similar going forward with Beatonbow now that he has a coach that knows how to do uh, roster management and actually let him do his job. Right? Or am I wrong? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you're right. And, uh, and I also got to say this is uh, on the defense and offensive line, listen, you can talk three and four or five stars all day long. I don't really, I'm not there yet. I just think that it is so hard to have, um, it's so hard for some of these guys to project. Uh, Jordan Seaton, um, this guy could be somebody or he could be absolutely nobody. And it's so much harder to be a five-star offensive lineman. Um, you know, I've said it before, in high school, you are playing against one to two, maybe. And this is in big boy football too. You're playing one to two really solid defensive linemen each year that you're playing in, in high school football. And then everybody across from you is that guy. 
Um, and some of those guys were that guys in high school, and they're absolutely nothing across from you. Um, the, the the point the point of it is is the uh, I, I think that McCarthy and I mean that was not a good offensive game. It was not a good offensive game. I'm looking at the stats right now. Milrow had 116 yards passing. JJ McCarthy had 221, and um, it was just uh, it, it was it was a tough game. But um, you can't you can't um, just expect a four or five star um, you know laden offensive line. Uh, listen, I'll I'll say Caden Proctor, Hank. I think that you said something about it. Caden uh, Proctor is going to be a first round draft pick. That guy is an absolute stud. He is going to be a baller, but he is. 18, 19 years old, playing in you know a national championship semifinal, and it, it's 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 a tough it's a tough go. So uh, don't be you know don't be confused by uh, or you know don't think that you know the four or five stars. Um, the Big Ten knows how to run the football. Um, it, it's the pass blocking that has essentially got them in, in decent trouble in the past. But I think that some of those things are starting to catch back up. Um, that being said, I mean, you know, until we get Jay back on here um, in the chat, I mean, just let me know, um, you know, let me know what other bowl games. You know, you had Kansas with Jason Bean throwing for damn near 500 yards, uh, six touchdowns. Um, it, it's been, you know, it was a really, really interesting game. You had the uh, Red River uh, Light Bowl um, you know, go on. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it's... Uh, you know, it is the capitalization of that meme of I'm going to tell you know my kids this was, you know, this was Mike Gundy and it shows the Tiger King. You know, it, it's like it, there were so many really, really good bowl games in here. But again, uh, you know, I'm not let's not get into the do we um, do we see college football just tearing itself apart? No, we don't. But I promise you, I absolutely promise you is. Even without NIL and the transfer portal, these bowl games, nobody cares about some of these games. Nope. This, I mean, you can tell in the sponsorships uh, from somebody who is in that world. It's not, it, you know, some of these bowl games, these sponsors are like, who the hell? What, what Duke's Mayo Bowl, like, really, is mayonnaise that profitable that we're dumping mayo? Or are we still just doing that because it's funny to watch someone get mayo dumped on them? Um, well, let me let me ask you this though. Someone coming from the industry selling these type of ads and stuff, isn't sports the highest premium and the highest viewership and the highest return on investment when it comes to advertising? So, still, local news is in most everything else uh, in most markets. Um, Fair. But sports sports is right behind that, and. We have had, since like 2018, we have had a lot of stuff happen that was hyper-local that affects, it doesn't matter if you're Dallas, if you're Tennessee, if you're Florida, if you're California, Washington, whatever, we, we saw a little bit of a resurgence in some of the local news. But here's the thing, is when it's local news and sports, local news is going to always continue to, to, to struggle little by little because you're not replacing users. Right? right, that as someone who is watching the news right now goes to our Lord, they are not being replaced by some twenty-five-year-old who's like, "I think I'm gonna start watching local news this week." Why? Yep. Right here, the cell phone. There's my yep. daughter, just in case you guys. It's yeah. a pretty girl. It didn't come back up, but anyway. Um, so, yeah, a Trojan condom is bowl. But 
that's that's just the 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 sponsorships around it are, are tough. The bowl games are tough. I mean, there's a reason why you get March Madness, who I'm pretty sure is one of the biggest weeks, months, you know, times. I mean, it's 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 a whole month, right? If you say what sports do you think of in March, everybody March Madness, like right, it's it's right there, right? Um, it, it is the thing that's propping up the NCAA. Um, even with that, I mean, you're watching some of these games on True TV. If they were legitimately big money makers for a television market, that is, um, you you would see some of these games on CBS, S, you know, ESPN, um, you know, some bigger networks instead of True TV. Um, yeah. But I will say this is it, it is getting tougher, um, and especially it was because guess what? I sold some of these games at ABC. I love college sports, obviously. I saw about six different bowl games, seven maybe. Um, there were about seven different games. And I promise you none of them were Middle Tennessee State versus Troy or anything like that. Like nobody's watching that crap outside of the moms and, and you know, grads and people sitting at airports. Um, or it's just, yeah, the, sitting in airports or it's just running on the TV in the background, right? I mean, but, but that's how his bowl has been, been to me. I've always just had the games running. It, if I'm watching them, I'm watching them. If I'm oh, not, yeah. I'm not. But they're playing yeah, so I would just I would say that is it, it, it's going to be continued to be tougher, and I think that the fact that it's Michigan versus Washington this year is really really good, mm-hmm. even though that there are two markets that nobody is too excited about being in there. But it's a reset, right? People can watch it, um, but I kid you not, and we learned this with Michael Jordan, we learned this with Tom Brady, with Bill Belichick. Rooting for a, a fan base just getting excited can't be good. It, it, you cannot have a national championship, a Super Bowl, with two crap people and no villain. You got to have a villain. You got to have a Michael Jordan who's winning the damn thing every year. You got to have a Bill Belichick who wins it every other year. You got to have a Nick Saban. So it's going to be tough. And guess who's going to play that vic- that villain role this year? It's going to be old Spygate uh, with Michigan. And but it is a it, it's a pretty weak sauce. Um, it's a pretty weak sauce villain, and it's kind of like uh, Mister Freeze, Arnold Schwarzenegger, in the old Batman film. Like, yes, it's a villain. Is it a good one? No. Um, and I think that that's what Michigan is going to going to play. Uh, but that's kind of what you need. You need that Bama in there. You need a Georgia. You need brand. Uh, you need people who are getting tired of brand exhaustion. Um, because people want to watch Alabama lose too. There's a humongous faction. Of a lot people. of hate watch. A lot of nobody, hate watching. Even with what Michigan did, nobody's like, I want them cheap bastards to, you know, because they haven't won anything anyway. When the Astros did it, you could rally against them because they'd been winning quite a bit. And everybody's kind of sick of them. Um, so that's my rant. But I would just say it, it's, it's some of these bowl games are, are really rough. And, you know, don't look at bowl season and go, Man, about two thirds of that is completely unnecessary. It's been that way for about two decades, and if uh, you're just that, hopping no, on it, I don't know where you got two decades from. It's been there for longer than that. It's been, been it's been that bad as since I've been alive. I'm saying long ass years, at least because, and that's what it is. Most of these bowl games, and it's funny, my buddy, um, he may be in here, or furry, he may furry Murray, he may pull up, but we talked about this, and he's been talking about. He's like, they should do like a mid season bowl game or whatnot just like in the middle of the season do like picks of people with similar records haven't played in just like game blah 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 and the problem with that is is the thing you got to recognize is that the reason why 
these bowl games exist and are even profitable around the fans is it's travel season. It's vacation mm-hmm. season. It's the time of the year when people can take time off work easily. Ain't much going. I mean, it's shopping season. So it's Christmas time and new years. And so fans are taking time off. Most businesses are basically skeleton crews at this point mm-hmm. and they're all traveling and they're on vacation. So it makes it convenient. You do something mid season, like ain't nobody going to be able to do it, especially if you don't know where you're going within a two week span, right? You don't get price gouged regardless. It's just going to be even worse because you've only got like a week to figure out your accommodations to go to the game. So it wouldn't work. But overall, I, I just think the most of the bowl games have been this way anyway. Most of them have been just like just a, a ceremonial thing at the end of the season that some fans care about, others don't. Some people care about going to, you know, whatever bowl game that exists. Like the Alamo Bowl is considered the bowl game, the top bowl game right behind the New Year's Six. Cool. We complain about going to the Alamo Bowl because we, we're getting tired of going to San Antonio, even though it's an easier travel for us outside of the Cotton Bowl, right? It's it just it is what it is. And so most most of these games are just for the fans to be able to travel. You know, those that don't oh, yeah. get <clears throat> oppor- basically it's for the rest of college football because 95% of them are not going to be playing in a playoff game. That's really what the bowl season is for. It's for that. Uh, Jason posted this in here, and I thought this was pretty interesting. This was a pretty good point. Yeah, You know what I, I take from the college football playoffs? Texas blew a better shot than Natty than OU ever had. I disagree. They blew a shot that Oklahoma had in their three of their trips. 17, we should have won a national championship. That was Bama's worst team, probably, in all the title teams they won. That was the that was the game where two where Hertz got taken out for Tua, and we should have beat Georgia in that game. We be, we were favored in that game by eight points. We were eight point favorites going in that game against Georgia at the Rose Bowl. Eight point favorites. Lincoln Riley took us foot off the gas. That F-U game, Lincoln Riley. That game, we should have won. Yeah, we win that game. We won the last championship because there's nothing that keeps you from winning the title that year against. That was the one year I felt like Bama were their most vulnerable. That was, was their most vulnerable. Now, that, I James, I will agree with you there. That 17 team and this Texas team, probably an equal when it comes to actually having a good chance of winning the title because the playing field is a lot more level. This yeah. was Texas' chance. Next year, with them losing, I think they're losing – eight or nine starters on the defensive side of the ball. Now they're going to have a lot of contributors coming back and playing, but they're losing a lot of people on both sides of the ball with starting time. And yeah. And it corrects me if I'm wrong, but didn't Baker had the flu or something leading up to the Georgia game too. And so you got, you got that situation. You got the freaking squib kick and uh, let's not, let's, let's, let's talk about, Jesus and the election or something, because I, I, if I start talking about that Georgia game, I, I'll lose my shit. Um, but I, I, I do, I, I do say this. Yes, is I do. Both, of, the, both of those teams, both those teams, Georgia and the Alabama team. I mean, I mean, o- Oklahoma, like in that game, we have, we have, I, I mean, you got to think about it. You have Rodney Anderson, who was the best player on the field that day. And D. Westbrook. 
Yeah, uh, D.D. Westbrook, and that's with that's with Chubb and Sony Michelle uh, on the other side. Um, so you got you got Sub Sony. I mean, Michelle didn't do much in the NFL, but he was he was the dude in, in college. Uh, Nick Chubb, obviously, he's done okay for himself. Um, Rodney Anderson injuries. D.D. Westbrook, Baker Mayfield, uh, Mark Andrews, Young Hollywood. Um, I mean, there was just so many different guys in that league, on that game. And it was, I mean, a lot of people say it's the best college football playoff game of all time. Um, so, I mean, it, it is, and now I hate being on the other side of the uh, that, that game even more when I hear that. But anyway, um, it, it's 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 down. It, it, it's so good. But um, I I think that... We knew this year going into it, this was going to be a little bit of a wide open year if Georgia struggled at all. Uh, Georgia did have their struggles. Um, man, I, I'm not usually a dude who takes a shot at how a dude looks. Every time they show homeboy at Georgia and the quarterback, I, I just, I just, man, I just feel bad for the kid. It, I mean, it literally looks like they went and picked up a kid and they were like, you're kind of tall. Why don't you come play quarterback? And he looks like a damn lollipop. Uh, he's just real thin and this big noggin. But they were showing him, and he's like, yeah, he's coming back because he wants another shot. He wants to go to the national championship game. And I, uh, But, um, I, you know, there's going next year's going to be in, in entertaining. There's going to be a lot of entertaining uh, stuff going next year because, again, you've now got more of an NFL format where you do not have to go undefeated. No offense, Florida State. Um, you can – lose a game you can develop you can work on some stuff and it's going to be very very interesting to see how head coaches manage this because do you trot out somebody who's been dealing with you know does uh does our offensive crew say jackson go crazy if we if you have to if you miss a game with a concussion it's not damning we're fine right um like do coaches coach differently next year with that um don't get it twisted I still think you got three or four teams that have a legit shot. The number 16 team, we may never see that. Um, when, that is. Uh, yeah, Brock Osweiler Jr., that's pretty good. Um, but, uh, yeah, you're going to see a really, really cool transition. You also got to see uh, you know, something a little different is uh, Nico over at Tennessee. If you think Jackson Arnold had some struggles, Nico threw for like 100-some-odd yards. Um, yeah. it was against Iowa's Iowa defense. Yeah, it, it, it was going to, it was, it was against Iowa's defense. So there's that. They are really, really good, but it was like a hundred some odd yards. They blew the hell out of Iowa, but it was, uh, that was a rough, that was a rough game to watch. That was tough, but you've got a lot of young quarterbacks coming in and, uh, you know, transfer portal's not done yet either. So next year's, right. next year's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah, fixture's going to be interesting because of that. So, all right, uh, thank y'all for pulling up. Hit that like button. If you're new to the channel, subscribe. Go ahead and get those numbers up for us. Um, I know that we're, in, we're riding into the OU Insider Show as they're giving y'all all the great intel of everything. But I want to talk about this All-American game, right? I know y'all was watching. Um, I actually had a video that I was going to queue up but decided not to put together. I was like, ah, well, I mean, I'm a couple days late. Well, we can talk about it. I think it'd be better for me and Coop to talk about it. But Coop, you see a lot of them highlights from the practices at the Under Armour All-American game? There's so many ways that you can go on this one. Um, it's cool. These games, I often feel like the practices are kind of more telling than the actual game. 
um, just because you don't have any uniformity, you don't have any, um, they, you don't have any type of a, um, um, you know, chemistry, but though you guys showed out and that fellow right there, he, he means business. And if you think, if you think that he is not listening to, if you think that he is not listening to a couple of the, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the talking heads, especially, you know, the DSs out of Texas area talking about he doesn't live, breathe, breathe and eat football. Shut up. Didn't focus on your hopium and, you know, telling Texas fans that they're going to win the national championship next year. Leave our guys alone because David Stone is a monster. Yeah. And he hasn't, he hasn't met Schmidt yet. Right. And look so at imagine, this. Look at this right here. You got Eugene Brooks right here on the offensive line. We're wondering about offensive yeah. linemen. Look at the way he's pushing and fighting right here in the line. And that's what everybody wants. We want guards that can do this. You're getting it, right? You got Kinkumi out here fighting uh, uh, Zulu, who was actually really good. But Zena was good. Yeah, Zena was, was cooking. Zena was cooking as well. But you saw, you're, you're, you're watching here. You're watching Brooks out here. Look at him just fighting him. That's the offensive line play everybody was asking for, right? Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. that that's it's, what you're looking for. We getting that. We got it. We got those and players. Brooks, right. Brooks, make no mistake. I think that we are going to – will they be effective as freshmen? And uh, listen, it, this is good for depth. This is very, very good for depth uh, because I think Akinkumi, uh, I mean, dude's been playing uh, across the pond. Um, he is a dude who is going to come in. He has got size. He has got the want. Uh, Eugene Brooks already looks better. Uh, EPL. A lot of people are saying that you sh you we're going to be much more surprised about how you know how he performs. Uh, if you watch the game, Stone had a couple of moments where you're like, God bless America, you know, because usually when a guy makes a play like that in the Armor All American game, he's going to Georgia or you know Alabama. But it was right. great to see him pop up as an Oklahoma and. Uh, yeah, uh, it's go watch the game. It, it was uh, it was on today. I've got it recorded, and I was watching through half of it. Um, but uh, the, these guys, these guys are, are balling out. Um, Akoye during his game, he absolutely was a freaking monster too. And uh, and I've been working on Stony guys. I've been working on him. He has more than just Oklahoma folks going after him. There's a lot of people. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, uh, we, this is, this is good. I mean, um, I think during the routes, um, a lot of the, uh, practices, you also had, uh, Devon Mitchell out there. Um, he didn't get the ball thrown his way a lot, but, uh, but he definitely, he definitely was a menace and he looks phenomenal. Yep. And look at that Kinkumi right here. Look at him. The, the motor on this dude, he wants to be great. Look at him. Even in some of the battles he lost, you saw him keep coming back for more. That was the thing and, that jumped out to me the most about his game and the way that he plays is like, oh, you 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 really want to, you're really trying to be great at this, right? Like you really do care about, you know, trying to take somebody's starting spot. You're trying to take some PT away. Hey, it's, it, and listen, did you hear his quote about he wants to be an NFL player and he's going to handle his business from day one as an NFL player? That I mean, those are the things you want to hear. Those are the things you absolutely want to hear. And so, yeah, it, it's it's exciting because you got guys like uh, Akinkumi, you got Brooks, um, 
EPL coming in, you're going to have, you know, second year in the system from all these guys. There's not very many guys outside of like the Nestas or the, um, the baseball players, the two sport athletes that are going to be, um, coming in the summer. So a lot of these guys are going to be here or they're, they're working out already. Um, you know, you had Xavier, um, was already working out in the, for the bowl game. It, it's again, we're going to start seeing some of these guys come in and, you mentioned it before. I've heard Jason say it, so shout out to Jason too. But you get all these guys back, and now you have all this veteran leadership. That is extra coaches on the field telling guys what to do. Yep. And look at Zion raging over here. Good old raging with Cajun. Look at him just, just out dipping everybody. You got him out here muscling folks. You know, you add, you uh, say with him, you add him. You toss in, uh, I know you're talking Devon Mitchell, touchdown where he ran the dude over, and get him with the horns down right after. He's about to pull that up next. You got everything you like what, what, like, what what complaints do we have out of this place? This is the thing that got my attention. Is we really, this 24 class, it's, it's just. It's. And how many five stars, uh, you know, go to Alabama, go to Georgia, and sit behind other four and five stars that are guys on, you know, All American watch list? Yeah, here it is. That's a Texas. That's a Texas recruit, by the way. That's a Texas signing that he just tossed yeah. to the ground. So um, and that's why he horns down because he just punks the Texas guy. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, you've got so many of these kids who are going to come in, and if you have, if you're a tenured player on this team and you think that you're going to show up and get your job back because you came back it ain't happening you're going to have to kind of compete because for every year of service that you got you got two guys now that want to take your job yep 100 percent. and then stone went out there in the game he got himself a, a, a couple tackles for a loss disrupted mm-hmm. some plays looked good he looked good he looked like he was the best defensive lineman out there period now, uh, yeah. you know some of the competition out there. Zeno did look good in his in his plays. Um, um, Williams Winery actually looked good when the game film turned on. You could tell he's not a practice guy. He's more of a just a I play when the when the, when the lights are on type guy. He showed out. He looked good too. He got himself tackled for a loss. Got him a sack. So it was just intriguing seeing just how good both of them um, were going. So I don't know, man. All I know is. Y'all should be excited about what we got coming down the line because I know I am going into next season. So let's wrap this bad boy up. Let's put a bow on it. Let's talk about it. Um, what you hearing in them streets, Coop? I know you're hearing some stuff, right? I know you hear some secrets. I know you got something in there. Because I've heard it a couple of times. If you guys are waiting on David Hicks, stop. Um, yes. So I would, uh, I, I think over the past little while, I, I think, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I mean, there's, there's a, that's not, that's not a, that's not a future d- decision, uh, but it's all right. Um, I think we saw our Mason Thomas um, show some flashes in the bowl game. Here we go. Um, so there's some excitement right there. Jaden Jackson, um, 
this team's influx of leadership, young um, young captains on their teams, stuff like that, those things should not go unnoticed. Because yep. if you got a team full of leaders, then you got a team that's that's looking to go do some work. Um, so we're still working on the offensive line. You know, I'm feeling good about the offensive line. Um, I don't think that I don't think that you at this point, if if you haven't already had people kind of on the radar, we're not getting any type of craziness. Um, the transfer portal is different from recruiting. It is absolutely different because decisions can change like that. Um, and it's not decisions. It is bags. Um, so that is, uh, it just is what it is. And, you know, you saw, uh, you know, I, I was a little frustrated because I've heard, I've heard guys like uh, um, Vandemark had committed, told Beanball, told OU, you know, he, he's coming. And then he chooses to stay at Michigan State. I got no issues with that. Um, that's completely fine. Stay. If you're going to stay at the school that you're at, that's great. Don't tell us you're coming and then Colorado says, up at 10K and you can come here. Um, so you've got those types of situations. The Casey Thompson to Oklahoma, I have heard multiple different things. Um, it, it, there, I've heard that he told the coaching staff that he's going to be there. I've heard that compliance stuff was going down. It's, his name's not in the system. Um, I know that there's a little bit of an odd rule. I think that is it five days from the end of the national championship is, is, is when – the teams that have players in the playoffs yes. have five days from the national from their game. They have, they have five days from their game. So that's why from you see game. this massive okay. influx of Bama players in the portal the last couple of days is because the, once their game ended, they got the extension. So they got the five days and it's going to be big. And, you know, and, and I get you, Jason. Um, what I've heard is that he's a PWO and he's just going to be there as a veteran backup. That's it. So he's coming home. He's from Newcastle. He gets to come home, get a graduate degree from uh, OU. But yeah, he's going to actually be here. It looks like, you know, supposedly he's going to be here to hang out. And I like the idea of having a veteran quarterback to go with all the young guys. Cause it's going to be literally Jackson Arnold, general booty. And then you're going to have my uh, Michael Hawkins, as well as uh, Brendan Zerbra, which that's a pretty good room when you look at the numbers, the way they did, the way they uh, executed in high school. I don't think any of those dudes are going to have any fear of going out there and playing. And so, yeah, you'll see. Yeah, 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 Jason. He'll be here to be a backup. He already knows that. That was like in the stipulation of him coming, his understanding that you're not here to start. And there's no there's that no competition. Is. I put it like this. This is similar to the OU Jackson Arnold conversation, but like in reverse. Because the Jackson Arnold conversation was um I'm sorry, the uh, Jackson Dart situation got my Jacksons mixed up. Jackson Dart wants to come here to compete to start and basically Levy's like, "No, you can come here and be a backup though." Because Dylan Gable's my starting quarterback. And he's like, all right, no, I'm out. So that's why he ended up at Ole Miss. So 
I get Jason doesn't like him as a back. I like him as a backup. I'm actually fond of him hey, as a backup. Listen, Casey's a backup, personally. And, and here's why. Here's why. Michael Hawkins has done jack shit in college football. Zero. Nothing. Not even a complete, you know, nothing. Thompson is, he has won games and he is, he is, you need a guy like that. In this day and age, in this day and age, it is damn lucky that you can have somebody who has game management, game experience, has won games, has won, you know, has played in big time football. You, you got to have that. Is he, if, if, if Jackson Arnold goes down for more than a game, your season is already in, in issues. I promise you this, though, is Casey Thompson, this will be the best team he's ever been on. Yep. Okay? And, yeah, it is breaking place. Um, there, I, listen, Jackson Arnold was a, was a, was a five-star Gatorade player of the year. All You know, that's he's what also Jackson played, Arnold had done. He's also played in six games. So I kinda, it's kind of different. Yeah. They've got Damn. to watch him for a full year. They ain't got to watch Hawkins or Zerbrook pick up the offense yet. I think that that's where the big difference is, Jason, on that to me, is that you it's the it's that they don't they haven't they they want a veteran there that can come in and quickly pick up the offense because he's used to college football terminology to break glass if needed. That's basically it. Um I prefer Jackson playing as a sophomore. I don't like freshman playing. Y'all know me. I don't like freshman playing at all. Um, I'll roll with, I can't roll with Hawkins that early. I don't like playing freshmen. I don't. I just don't. They're the easiest ones to trick. They're usually the ones that get caught staring down players. Hence, Jackson Arnold did it in his bowl game. But the beauty of it is now he has an entire six months to stop doing it with a new offense, which things are going to change for him, yeah. which is the good thing. It's going to all change. But yeah, that's not. I don't. I don't like. I just don't like freshman. I, I've always said that. And 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 I will say this too. The game of um, Denton Geyer, Jackson Arnold senior year versus Michael Hawkins his junior year, when he was still at Allen. Th- those were two different guys, two different situations, and Michael Hawkins did little to nothing in that game, almost nothing, and. I will just say that is we still haven't seen him done it. Now, I believe he went to North Shore. My uncle covers down, down in that area. I think Michael Hawkins, at after that game, I was worried about him. I'm not worried about him now because he looks somewhere between a Paul Thompson, Kyler Murray, somewhere in, in the vicinity in that area, and he is going to be a baller. Kid's 18 years old. He, I mean, he might be 17 shit at this point. Um, so you got to have somebody like that come in because if Jackson Arnold goes down on the road at LSU, you cannot tell me that Michael Hawkins is a better option to go out there than, than Casey Thompson. Now, it being said, is do I think that should we see Casey Thompson play at all <laughs> ever like no i don't want him to see it because i i would like to see if, if, if it's a blowout time i'd like to see him come in and let's see what happens now does hawkins come in he's a legacy um does he come in and pick up the offense pretty quickly and start learning some stuff 
Michael Hawkins is a guy that we can see on the field next year because the guy can move. He has a good pocket presence. He's fast. No jet He's really good in the pocket. I think that's my favorite thing about yeah. him is his ability in the pocket. He can move in the pocket well. I think on it, and you and I'm give you a hot take on this one. I think Brennan Zerbrug is a better athlete than Michael Hawkins is. Yeah. I think Zerbrug is a better athlete. I just think Michael is is just so poised in the pocket and knows how to move in there. He he's he. I mean, he's athletic as hell, but at the same time, he's very good in the pocket. Brennan Zobrug is one that's going to – we can't sleep on. Now, I actually feel like I fear him being a portal guy after a year here um, just because of how I think he's more talented than people are giving him props for. But, uh, no, between those two, man, it's going to be a fun competitive battle to see who wins that number two. I cannot wait to hear the practice stories just because of how talented both of them are. Exactly. And there's, listen, I, I've got some pretty well sources that tell me Zerbrug or Hawkins, one of those two guys are going to be playing major college football at a different university in three years. Potentially, I can see it. Makes sense. So there, there's almost no chance that you're keeping Jackson, Arnold, Hawkins, and Zerbrug for three years. It, it just doesn't happen in this day, of, day and age. Um, and, but I, I will tell you this. I would rather see um, I would rather see that that opportunity given to a legacy um, in, in Hawkins, especially how his pops uh, his time in Norman went because he had some issues. But um, we can we can wrap it up on this one. But here's yeah. if there's anything that I'm very very confident going into this next season is the mindset of this team is phenomenal. The buy-in on this team is phenomenal. I think that you continue, you saw it late in the year to where a couple tweets went out, if you're not in and if you're not here and if you're not here for the long haul, it's time to bounce. You saw some of that stuff. And you got, you've got you got a lot of opportunities with, uh, and yes, Thompson being a legacy as well. Granted, he's had his opportunity. He's been on 36 teams and you know he's never been able to wrangle it. But this will be the... This will be the team, uh, and I promise you, I, I think I think Trevor Knight and Casey Thompson are pretty comparable quarterbacks. Um, I don't want Trevor Knight ever playing at OU ever again, ever, 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 ever again. Um, and I definitely don't want Casey Thompson on there. So there's that. Uh, Thompson also went to Texas because of what we had in, on our on our team. So just keep that in mind. But I yeah. think that you're starting to see um, you're you're starting to see. A lot of this, um, if you haven't, you know, it's go check. Because he soon. wasn't recruited by the local, uh, the old regime. That that's why yeah. he went to Texas. He didn't. He didn't go to Texas because he wanted to go to Texas. Riley didn't want him, which no, was weird. Riley, Riley wanted. Riley didn't want him. Now again, from what we've seen, you know, there might have been something there. But he also uh, he also has recruited a let's lot of. Uh, let's be fair with it, right? You know, I try to keep it fair. It, Casey of, would have went here of, in a heartbeat if they would have given him an opportunity. Yeah, it, it's that, that, no, that's that, that's that's what. If you say he went to Texas, don't do excuses. You're just stirring up shit at this point because that's that's all you're trying to do. Because there, you got to be recruited by the head coach to come to the university, unfortunately. Especially, Especially when he's a the quarterback head coach that's a quarterback coach, right? <laughs> so, but, but all that being said, 
Go check out Sooner Scoop. Uh, you know, Prisbillo did a, uh, he's getting drilled by a certain mother right now, but um, they're, they're the buy-in, Caden Helbs coming back to the team, really getting after it. Like, there, it, it is great. Um, somebody brought it up earlier, but there is, um, you know, seeing Stutzman walk off the field with uh, Jackson Arnold. Guys, we're seeing some really special stuff that is is you know in, in this day and age of the transfer portal we're seeing a lot of special stuff and a lot of uh really really good family and environment um things going on this is still a business and you got to go and you got to win and you got to produce but these are the things that are good so um the cycle of oklahoma fans is is this way is in about two to three weeks the hopium is going to start going like this, right? We're going to win the national championship by February. Um, we got a lot of tools, a lot of assets, a lot of toys to play with. And they all love each other and they're doing a great job and they're continuing to coach them. This is good. I will say this. If we get down to the backup quarterback, it's, it's not, you know, we're in a different conversation anyway. You know, it, it's never gone. You know, it, they're the, the few and far between uh, on the stories where the backup comes in and becomes somebody long term. So um, but it, it, it is great. This is a great time to be an Oklahoma fan. There are a lot of opportunities for a lot of different players. There are a lot of guys who are going to get their second year in the system. And you saw what happened in the second year with the guys that we had on campus now. Um, so you give Peyton Bowen a second year uh, and his broken broken finger. Um, I don't know if you saw that in the bowl game, dislocated or whatever, but a lot of it. Um, the, the offensive room, I saw somebody make it, it, it earlier, is you get Andrew Anthony back close to what he was with Gibson, with um, um, but with uh, goodness, Nick Six, uh, guys, the Purdue transfer, Deion Burks, like we're going to have ourselves a a full on, a full on wide receiver and tight end room. You throw in Devon Mitchell, um, we're still going after the Roberts uh, tight end um, out of Baylor. It, it there is a lot of time to to smile. And so let's just continue to, to, to watch it. The spring game will be here before we realize, and everybody will be all jacked up about the uh, you know eighth string running back. Um, you know we've got a lot of uh, we got a lot of opportunities um, in front of us, and uh, trust me, you're gonna see the um, you're gonna see ESPN, ABC start rolling out some crazy, crazy, crazy stuff here pretty quickly because I, I promise you on Tuesday night. Or two, sorry, excuse me. Tuesday morning next week, we've got full on, <laughs> we've got full on twenty four season in college football. They're going to move straight to it, and it's going to be time to start, you know, propping up um, everything that's going on. Yep. All right, so I'm going to wrap it up. Thank y'all for pulling up as usual to the show. Please wipe your feet, hit that like button if you're new to the channel, subscribe. Also, share. Why? Because sharing is caring. If you're listening to the audio version of this, rate, review, give us five stars. You don't think we deserve it? Let's go ahead and give us five anyway and gifted. So we'll have another show on Sunday. We'll probably talk national championship game. We'll also review the last of the season. I think that would be a good one. Great topic to go into is talking about how the season ended and, um, you know, talk about some of our MVPs and give out our awards 
on the team is. So, and unfortunately, Jason, he'll be here, buddy. You, you, as much as you don't want it to happen, it's definitely happening. I've already heard and got it confirmed. It's happening. So you'll see him in a in that crimson and cream soon, just to make you smile. Please rate review again. Give us five stars and you deserve it. Give us five anyway. And with that, we will chop it up with all of you. I don't know in the next day or two. I have a video out probably tomorrow. Peace.